Are you also tired of one-size-fits-all weight loss plans? Meet Noom, the personalized solution that meets you where you are. Noom is able to understand your unique needs, from dietary restrictions to medical concerns. Unlike restrictive programs, Noom embraces your lifestyle and choices. Discover a sustainable approach to weight loss, tailored just for you. Honestly, Noom felt like it was made for me. It's not just about what I eat. It's about understanding why. With Noom, I've learned so much about myself and built healthier habits that stick. It's all about progress, not perfection. Say goodbye to restrictive diets and experience the Noom app for yourself with personalized lessons and expert coaching. Noom's psychology and biology-based approach has helped over 5.2 million people achieve their goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Tune into the Love and Abuse podcast if you're having any type of difficult relationship, which is probably happening during the COVID pandemic because many of us are locked in together. So if you're having trouble communicating your needs to someone that uh, might be difficult to talk to, head over to loveandabuse.com. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about on this show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. Wow, I just went total radio voice there. <laughs> I don't mean to really... Uh, when I met my girlfriend, she said, you just put on that fake radio voice. And I said, I try not to. I try not to. It's it's amplifying my voice for the air because, you know, when you're one-on-one, -on -one, you talk differently. It would be a little different if I talked to you one-on-one. -on -one. But here I am in an empty room behind a microphone talking to you. And there's the first 30 seconds of wasted time. So let's get to it. <laughs> Good to have you here. Good to connect with you. Thank you for joining me. And uh, there's something that's been on my mind that I wanted to share with you. And it has to do with people's vices and habits and addictions and uh, this kind of stuff that really affects our relationships. When I look at some relationships where one person drinks a lot of alcohol or takes drugs or how about this, even betrays the relationship and goes outside the relationship and has affairs as the adulterer. So these people, actually, a lot of them, not all of them, have some things in common, or at least one of the things that I'm going to mention right now, and that is they are balancing their lives in a way that may not be agreeable to the people they're with. This is an unusual perspective, but like I said, it's been on my mind, and I wanted to share it with you. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I shouldn't look at it this way. But I think it's important to look at it this way because let me give you a little bit of a story here. And it's not a real story. It's the story of Bill and Mary. These are fictional people. I'm making this up. But we can all relate to what Bill and Mary are going through because somebody either knows somebody that did this or have read stories about people who did this or did this themselves. So let's just say that Bill comes home every night and he is grumpy, he's angry, he, he hates his job or whatever, and he's throwing things or he just sits down and expects Mary to make him dinner. Doesn't treat Mary very well. Mary's unhappy, but she's trying. And Bill's just Bill. <laughs> he's just grumpy. So 
we have this this couple going through either a stage in their relationship or that is their relationship. This is how it is every day. So Bill comes home again the next night, grumpy, not a really good conversationalist, doesn't want to talk, just wants to eat, watch TV, drink beer, whatever he wants to do, and not really connect with Mary. It's hurting Mary. It, it feels bad to her because she wants a relationship. She wants this marriage to be somewhat better than this. She wants to connect with her husband. So the next night and the next night, every night, Bill is just grumpy. But then let's just say a year goes by with that. You know, maybe they've been married a while, maybe not. But some time goes by and Bill comes home one night and kisses Mary on the cheek. And Mary is like, what is this? And he pulls out some roses from behind his back and says, you know what? I have been mistreating you and I am so sorry. I am happy that we are married. I am so grateful for you. Thank you for making me dinner. Thank you for everything that you do for me. Mary is in shock. She does not know what to do with this information. She is suspiciously thrilled. She doesn't know what to think. She doesn't know what to do, like I said. And now she's in this confused space. But she hopes that Bill has come to some sort of epiphany or enlightenment or something that perhaps he has been mistreating her and not showing up an appropriate way for a husband to show up to his wife. And this can work with anyone, husband and husband, wife and wife, partners, boyfriend and girlfriend, anyone in your life. This is just the generic example. And um, and so Mary is confused, like I said, and at the same time, she is hopeful. So she gets this hopeful vibe. And the next night, Bill comes home again, and he's positive again. He's happy. He kisses his wife, and maybe they make love, and they haven't made love in months or years. And she can't figure out what's going on. But you know what? She's not going to ask any questions. She's loving it. She'll get over the past, and she'll just move forward. And night after night, Bill just shows up as this different person, and he just seems happy. Some of you already know where I'm going with this. What's happening in Bill's life that caused this change? Bill seems very balanced now. And if you're balanced in a relationship, this is probably how you'll show up. This is probably how you'll feel. Because you'll be so grateful that someone else is in your life and wanting to share their life with yours and wanting to support you and love you and hold you when you're down and lift you up when you're crying and be there for you no matter what. This is the kind of stuff you recognize when you're balanced. And so Bill seems quite balanced. But the question is, what is balancing Bill? What is causing this balance in Bill's life? And so the story might continue when Bill leaves work at night. We follow him in our imagination and find out where he goes. Now, Mary is happy. She's blissfully ignorant. She's doing her thing at home, or maybe she's at work because both partners work, or whatever. But when they meet at home at night, it's a lot different now. But we follow Bill coming out of work, and we find out that Bill is meeting someone else. Bill has created another relationship outside his marriage. Mary doesn't know this is going on. She's been trying to work on the relationship, and now maybe she thinks working on this relationship has succeeded, but Bill has now betrayed her trust and her love by getting into another relationship. But Bill has changed. He is a different person. He's showing up happier. He's showing up uh, as loving and kind and supportive to Mary because he feels balanced. This almost sounds like I'm supporting Bill's activities, and I'm not doing that. That's not what I'm doing at all. What I'm doing is just highlighting that some people find balance by doing this. 
I'm not encouraging it. I'm not saying this is the way to do it. I'm just saying when you observe someone who seems to be showing up more positively and more connected and more supportive and more caring, they are balancing their lives somehow. And some people do this in a healthy way and some people don't do it in a healthy way. And this isn't just about infidelity. It's about everything I already mentioned. Addictions do this. You can take drugs to balance your life and then come back as that person that the other person wants you to be. You know, let's talk about romantic relationships. If you come home and you're always grumpy and you decide, I'm going to, you know, take some drugs now, then you come home and you're happy, even though the drugs might be hurting your system and it's not good for long term or maybe even short term. You come home and you're happy and you don't tell your partner that you're doing this. They're going to think, wow, this is great. This is the kind of relationship I want. I'm not saying this works for everyone, and I'm not saying drugs are a good thing either. I'm not promoting or demoting here anything. I am putting out there that some people find their balance in different ways and sometimes unhealthy ways. Let's look at the alcoholic. I know someone who's in a relationship with an alcoholic that they have made work. They have done it. The partner that drinks does so alone or with friends away from the other partner so that the other partner doesn't have to deal with him being inebriated. Now, they don't live together, so it's easier. They have their own homes. But what they've done is create a happy, balanced relationship by not being in each other's space when the other person wants to do what makes them feel balanced. Again, I'm not promoting this. I'm not promoting alcoholism. I'm not saying that at all. This is just an observation. This is a perspective. And I find it very interesting how some people will find balance in their lives by doing things that we may not agree with. And in fact, we may have a problem with. It may be against our values. It may be against the relationship boundaries. Yet the other person is finding balance that way. It's an odd combination of what we should do for ourselves and maybe what we shouldn't do for ourselves. Meaning, what we should do for ourselves is perhaps find some balance. You know what? I work all the time. I better play too. I am always with you, so I need some me time. You know, there's some balancing that can go on there. I'm always watching TV. Maybe I just need to go outside for a bit. There's some balance. I would probably call those healthy, but I'm not going to promote or dissuade you from doing that either. I'm not going to say that that is the way to do it. If you're doing one thing, you should balance it with another thing. It's totally up to you how you find your balance. But what I see is that there are people that make this balance work. And sometimes it's strange <laughs> to me. Sometimes I look at some couples and I ask myself, how do they make that work? And this is why I'm giving you my, my perspective today on this particular subject, because I believe it can work if you're willing to move into this space of understanding how they get their balance. Now, the stuff I've mentioned may go severely against some relationship boundaries and values. And when it does that, you won't be able to get past it. I mean, there's there's no way past it. And I'm here to admit that I would not be able to get past some of the stuff I've mentioned. If my girlfriend wanted an extramarital affair to keep balance in her life, I would not be in her life. I would tell her, if that's what you want, then I will be terribly upset. I will be sad I would hope that you wouldn't do that, but if that's your path, I'm not going to stand in the way. I'm going to have to let you go. That would hurt to say. I wouldn't want that to happen. At the same time, if she really believes that's her path, you know, maybe she wants to be polyamorous. If she really believes that's her path, who am I to stand in her way? I could. I could try. I could try being the controlling, manipulative person and say, well, if you do that, then I'm going to make sure your life is a living hell. I could do that. I don't want to be that person. I would rather just deal with the pain and move on because I'm not here to control her. 
I'm not her mom or her dad. I'm not here to be her boss. I'm not any of that. I want to be an equal partner. But if she wants to do things outside the relationship boundaries that I believe we've established, then that will, of course, negate the relationship contract that we signed with each other, you know, the virtual contract, like, hey, you know, let's stay monogamous. Hey, let's make sure that uh, we don't introduce drugs into the house or anything like that. We have the basics and then we have some deeper stuff that we can talk about. As long as we're in those boundaries, then we don't have anything to worry about. But as soon as one of us wants to step out of those boundaries, if it's okay with the other person, then it can work. But if it's not okay with the other person, it won't. It won't work. And I know that's obvious. If it's not okay with the other person, it's not going to work. But what I'm highlighting here today is that some people find their balance by doing this. So if you have ever wondered why someone is suddenly happier, maybe not in your relationship, but maybe so, and you can't figure out why they're happier, it might be important to know what they're doing to balance it. I'm not saying that maybe you need to sneak around behind their back or check their phone. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying this for your information. I'm saying this so that you perhaps understand what can suddenly change someone's attitude or personality where they start showing up a lot differently. It's usually because there's some sort of balancing going on. Because if there's a person who's been married for several years and they're always grumpy and now they're in a different relationship outside the marriage and the other person doesn't know about it and that person then comes home and they're happy all the time, there might be that kind of balance. Or the other person, like Bill, for example, is now going bowling every week and it's something outside the house. It is fulfilling for him. It is a me time thing. He is getting his me time. And that can be another way to balance is going out to do your own thing and become happy inside yourself because it is a self-fulfilling thing. It is something that gratifies you. It feels good to you. It is something that you are doing for yourself because this can work for you too. It doesn't have to be your partner. It doesn't have to be someone else. It could be you. What can you do? to bring that balance in when you're constantly doing one thing and you don't feel fulfilled. So there's that part of it. But my main point today is we look at what some people do in their lives, you know, take drugs, take alcohol, uh, cheat on their partners, gambling addictions, any type of addictions really, and uh, other things that perhaps the other people in our lives may not want, they may not appreciate, they may loathe, they may feel like this is a deal breaker, but this is the way they found balance. And if the partner in their life can't agree with it, then obviously the relationship's not going to work or they'll have to talk about it and figure out if it can work. Because sometimes this can work. Like I said, with this couple that I know, one's an alcoholic and likes to drink. I actually shouldn't call him an alcoholic. I don't know if that's diagnosable, but he loves to drink and he has trouble stopping. So I'm assuming he's probably an alcoholic. And because he has trouble stopping or he is choosing not to stop and this other person loves him and wants a relationship with him because when he's not drinking, he is everything that this person loves. So what they've done is found a way to continue being a couple and allowing him to continue balancing his own life with alcohol. And again, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm not saying that you should harm your body. I'm not saying that you should become an alcoholic or a drug addict or an infidel. I'm saying this as a PSA, a public service announcement, that some people do make this work. Some people do actually make this work. What about the infidel? How do they make that work? You know, there are people in polyamorous relationships where they are married and they have an agreement that they see other people as well. Is this something that I would do? I would never do it. <laughs> that doesn't mean I have any judgments against it. It just means it's against my own relationship boundaries. I don't want her being intimate with other people outside the relationship. She doesn't want that with me. So we've agreed that this is how it will be. We feel better, we feel more secure in a relationship like that, and it works for us. But for some other people, it may not work. 
some other people, they might need to balance their lives with other people. So this can be a way of life for some people. And I will tell you this, you know, I grew up believing in all the basics. The basics are you get married, you stay monogamous, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't, I mean, it was very square. You don't drink alcohol. I grew up being told that you should not do anything that's bad for you. And so I tried to follow that. And that really tainted my perspective with people who were doing things that were bad for them. That turned me against good people and some bad people, which is a good thing. I was turned against my stepfather. Yes, he had an alcoholic problem, but he also had an abuse problem. And I suppose if he drank outside the home in somebody else's home and he came home sober, I would have probably had a different relationship with him. But unfortunately, he was abusive more toward my siblings and definitely more toward my mom. But we had to experience not only his alcoholism, but the abusive behavior that likely stemmed from that alcoholism. But this is a challenge because he was one of those people that had a heart of gold. And it would have been great having him as a stepfather. I really loved him when he was sober. But when he wasn't, it created a problem. So that's why we have people like this that can create massive issues in families, in romantic relationships. And even though they're getting their balance and they're showing up as calm and comfortable and relaxed and peaceful, when they've already gotten their balance, like in my stepfather's case, after he became sober, he was more relaxed. But when he maybe had to deal with some emotional stuff, he drank, or because it was a physical dependency and he needed to drink, all of that balanced his life, which wasn't a good thing for us. So in cases like that, it's not going to work, or at least it won't keep a family together. But in cases like the one I already mentioned, one person drinks, they go off and do it on their own in their own place, and then they come back and they're sober and they're happy and they're a great partner. It works for them. And they found a way to make it work. I think that's phenomenal. I think when you love somebody that much and you can work out that arrangement and make that work, then it can be a great relationship. But we can't always do this. I'm not saying that you should be able to do this. Like I said, I can't do this. Not that I am the role model for this, but I talk about this stuff all the time. I work with clients on this stuff all the time, and I still structure my life more rigidly than people that might be able to do this. But that works for me. Just like what you're doing may work for you or may not just depends on if you feel balanced and if you're in a good relationship or if you're not in a relationship, if you're getting along with family or friends or you know people that are in these situations, how do you feel inside being around them and are they showing up in a way that is healthy to you? I think it's important to just reflect on this stuff and figure out how it applies to your life because I know that there are some people that get their balance in a way that I wholeheartedly disagree with. I don't care if you're nice, if your way of balancing your life is robbing banks. I don't care. I don't want to be associated with you. Now, if you used to rob banks, no big deal. Hopefully you're reformed and hopefully you didn't hurt anyone, then that's a different scenario. But if you're currently robbing banks, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be comfortable around you. So I'm probably not a good candidate to be a friend with when it comes to that. But if you get balance from it, this is probably how you level out what's unbalanced in your life. And maybe there's a different way to do it. Maybe there's a different thing to do than drink. Maybe there's a different thing to do than gamble. Maybe there's a different thing to do to help you balance it. And you know, we can talk about how some of these vices or habits or addictions are ways to squash the negative emotions inside of us or the emotions that we don't want to deal with. So we go out and do these things, or we do these things in the privacy of our own space, our own secret places. But is it really healthy, and are we building the relationships that we want to build and building the future that we want to build? I don't want to turn this episode into figuring out which one is best for you or which ones you shouldn't do. I just want to highlight these things for two reasons. 
one, it fascinates me. It, it fascinates me, especially when somebody who used to be grumpy is now showing up as happy and comfortable and relaxed and supportive and generous. Where did this person come from? And that kind of mystery I like to solve. <laughs> Maybe it's not a mystery at all. I know there are people out there saying, what? Why can't I just be happy one day? I hear you. <laughs> I'm not discounting you. I hear you. Absolutely. I agree with you. Well, maybe you were depressed for a while and you're not anymore. That doesn't mean I'm cheating. That doesn't mean I'm drinking. That doesn't mean I'm taking drugs. I agree with you. I agree. This doesn't apply to you. This particular episode does not apply to you. If suddenly you're happy one day because you've reflected, you've thought about things, you've worked through all the worst case scenarios and realized, hey, it's not going to be that bad, so why am I so depressed? Or maybe you've talked with your partner, maybe you've talked with someone you love, maybe you've talked with a therapist. All of these things can be very helpful to help you find balance and get you in a better space. I'm talking about the more extreme ways that some people balance themselves. The idea of balance came to mind when it comes to this stuff. Uh, when I was talking to my girlfriend and how she used to be married to someone who was a drug addict. And when he was taking drugs, um, well, not during the time he was taking drugs, but when he was taking drugs in their relationship, she said he was the nicest guy. She said he was her best friend. They got along wonderfully. But she didn't want drugs in the relationship anymore. She said, you know, I don't want this in our relationship. If you're going to take drugs, I don't want to be a part of this. And he said, okay, I'll quit. So he quit, and then he became a jerk. <laughs> so this is the opposite. She met him while he was a nice guy and caring and generous, but then after he quit drugs, his balance went away. It went, it's gone. He didn't have anything to level things out. So whenever his emotions came up, and this is just my guessing, whenever he felt these negative emotions come up, he didn't have the drugs anymore, so he just took it out on her. He couldn't squash those emotions down. He was just a real a-hole to her. And because of that, she was thinking, I don't know what to do with this. She committed to the relationship and she was going to stay in the relationship and figure out where it went, on and on. So what's interesting is what ended up happening is that he got nice again. And she thought, oh, finally, he's settling down. There's no more drugs. Great. He got nice again because he was going into recovery. He was seeing a counselor and things like that. But some of you may know where this is going. He started taking drugs again and didn't tell her. So he came home happy. He was fine. But she learned what the signs of him being high were so she could tell. And she said, no, this isn't happening. I mean, it was happening for a while after that because they were happy again. But when he started taking drugs again and she noticed it, she said, no, this isn't happening. So, again, uh, he stops taking drugs and becomes a jerk again. Fast forward a little bit. He stays a jerk for a while. Suddenly he's happy again. What's going on this time? She couldn't see that he was high, so she couldn't really reconcile what was going on. And you probably know where this is going. He decided to have relationships outside the relationship betraying her trust in him and she didn't know that for a while i'm not going to get into details and spread her personal life all over the air but he was the happiest when he had his cake and he ate it too and if you've never heard that term you're either young or it just doesn't apply to where you are culturally or whatever that means that he had everything he wanted at home and everything he wanted outside the relationship so some people get their cake and they don't get to eat it. And some people eat a piece of cake but don't get the whole cake. But he had both. He had the whole cake and he got to eat the whole thing. So, so this is where they were at. I mean, she still had a difficult relationship with him because he had other issues going on. But she started to notice that when he was nice, there was something to suspect about that. And she's a smart cookie. She figured this out. She decided to look into it and it all broke down from there. But... That's all I'm going to tell you about that. That's the whole point is sometimes people find balance in different ways. And what they do to find balance, if there's not agreement with their partner, with the other people in their lives, it could totally ruin the relationship. But if there is, if there's a way to work it into the relationship and become accepting with it, then it can work. 
And I've seen it work. I've seen several of these scenarios that I describe work. And some people can do it, and some people can't. But I just think it's fascinating. And maybe you do too, maybe you don't. But I wanted to share this with you in case it applied to your life. We'll be right back after this. of balance maybe you have it maybe you don't maybe you need it i want to tell you about a service called better help that's the word better and the word help h-e-l-p if you go to betterhelp.com forward slash brain you'll be able to sign up for an online counseling service and these are professional counselors waiting to help you out and what they do is they talk to you either on the phone through video chat or even their messaging system through their app uh, you can do that online. I used their system for a couple of days to figure out if this is something that would work for the people listening to this show. And I loved it. I think they have a great system there. The people I talked to were very kind, very nice, and very professional. And were able to share with me what their process was and, and how they assess their members' needs and match their members with their own licensed professional therapist. I mean, talk about a great time to have this service. BetterHelp comes right in time during COVID, during this pandemic where we're in lockdown and we're afraid to go out or some of us are afraid to go out and catch this virus. So what do we do? We go online. We talk to our friends on social media. We get on the phone and we're again locked in. So what better way to do it if you are trying to find balance in your life because you have emotions going on that you haven't resolved or you just need to talk to someone BetterHelp might be the way to do it. It's not a self-help path. It's actually professional counseling. And you can send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely, thoughtful responses. And you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to leave the comfort of your home. BetterHelp is committed to you. They're committed to making this more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And if you have trouble paying for it, they have financial aid available as well. It's for clients worldwide that are dealing with depression, stress, anxiety, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, and more. BetterHelp will help you start living a happier life today. And as a listener of the show, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash brain. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash brain. Welcome back. I'm going to address something that somebody wrote to me that has a lot to do with what I just talked about in the last segment. And uh, she probably heard it and said, aha, <laughs> you do have these beliefs that I thought you had. She pointed out that um, when I talk about infidelity, like I have articles where I talk about infidelity at theoverwhelmedbrain.com, and I've talked about it in many episodes uh, she said that, you know, you treat people that have affairs as if they are jerks, as if they are scum of the earth. I mean, she used more explicit words <laughs> than that. And uh, I was reading it and I thought, where is she getting this? I don't treat them like they're jerks. I, you know, some of my best friends have done that. And I, you know, I certainly don't think it's healthy behavior in most cases. But she said, you know, I've done this because I was in an abusive relationship. And you don't cover that aspect. You just think all infidels are, like I said, explicit words. And I said, oh, okay, so I see what you're saying. So what you're saying is that sometimes infidelity is a path to connecting with somebody else because the person you're with is being abusive toward you. Now, the conversation went a lot more detailed and deep than that. I'm really simplifying it. So I apologize to that person for making this just a simple comment on this, but I wanted to address it on the air because I just talked about infidelity in the last segment, and I wanted to make sure that I addressed her concerns about how I talked about people that had affairs. This is what I told her, and this is what I've believed ever since I started talking about this, that 
in most cases, in most relationships, you have what I consider a relationship contract. What that means is that when you get together, you have agreements on how things will go and what each other will do. I mean, not specific agreements like you're going to wash the dishes every Wednesday night. I'm talking about the big level values, the deeper stuff that really make or break a relationship. And one of those values or relationship boundaries, as I like to look at it as well, might be we're going to stay monogamous. You're not going to date anyone outside the relationship, and I'm not going to date anyone outside the relationship. And as long as we agree to that, then we don't have to worry about that. It becomes a given. It becomes a foundational aspect of the relationship so that we don't have to think about them ever doing that. And when you have that type of foundational boundary in the relationship and you just treat it as a given, then it never has to be a topic of conversation. You never have to worry about it. And as long as there's trust in the other person, then it just never comes up. In my relationship, that's how it is. My girlfriend never brings up that subject. I never bring up that subject because it's a given. It's just something in our foundation that we know that that's going to be the way it is always. Now, I realize that there's a lot of trust in what I just said. I believe there has to be a lot of trust in relationships. I mean, trust is the key. Trust and communication are two keys to the relationship. So if you don't have trust, then you don't have much of a foundation. So we have that. We talked about that and we have it. And so, like I said, that becomes a foundational aspect of the relationship. But this person who wrote to me and said, you know, you treat the people that had affairs like they're jerks, like they're bad people. I don't think anyone is intrinsically bad. I do think that people do bad behavior. But I wanted to address her specific comment which is saying that I believe the infidel is the toxic one or the bad one or doing wrong or betraying their partner. Um, in many cases, it's true. In many cases, the infidel is betraying, going behind the other person's back. And the other person, if it's a healthy relationship, will likely be devastated. And this is a bullet point I want to make is that in an otherwise healthy relationship, someone who betrays their partner by going outside the relationship contract, in most cases, I would consider that very bad behavior. Now, that's most cases. In the case where this person wrote and said she was in an abusive relationship and she just wanted a connection, she wanted to feel loved, she wanted to feel supported, she wanted to feel a personal, even physical connection with somebody else because her home life was just so awful. She said, you know, this happens and us humans, we're supposed to feel connected. We're supposed to be kind and caring and supportive toward each other. And we need people's love. We need people's touch. And she was very adamant. She's like, this is how it's supposed to be. And she explained her relationship and why she did it and how it was the best thing that she did in her marriage because she had no connection, because she had no love at home, and especially because she was being abused. I didn't disagree with her. In fact, I agreed with her, and this is why. This is one of the few times I will agree with someone who has an affair outside the relationship and it could actually be a good thing, and even something that uh, saves their sanity. And that is because she was in an abusive relationship, someone who was mistreating her badly and hurting her in ways that uh, she didn't share them all, but she said that this was a very, very bad situation, and it sounded like she was more or less stuck in this marriage, or at least couldn't get out for now, and she had no one to turn to. I, you know, I got the gist that she felt very isolated, very alone. And then when she had an opportunity, she took it to connect with somebody outside the marriage. My perspective on this is that when one partner breaks the relationship contract, that the contract no longer applies. This could be a controversial comment, and I know I might get some email from this, but when somebody breaks the relationship contract and you've discussed it and you tell the other person, hey, look, you know, you shouldn't treat me this way. I don't want you to treat me this way. It hurts. You're hurting me here. 
you're really making me feel bad. Will you please stop doing that? And they don't stop doing it, then the relationship contract is broken. There's no more relationship. It's not there. And because it's not there, the relationship boundaries may no longer apply. This is a very personal thing. I'm not saying I'm going to say this 100% of the time. Every situation is different. But for this person who wrote to me, she was very clear that it was the one thing that really saved her sanity and she felt loved again. Going through all that abuse and then feeling love again, it could have been life-saving for her. So I will say that sometimes the balancing that you need to do might seem to be breaking a contract or breaking an agreement, but we have to look at the entire agreement and if both people are on board with it and what your other circumstances are because if you feel like you have no choice and you're in the situation that you feel stuck in and there's no way out, maybe something needs to happen to save your life or at least your emotional state and your psychological state, maybe something else needs to happen. So I'm not giving you advice in this particular segment. I'm not telling you what you should or shouldn't do. I'm just saying that if you have been lambasted for doing something, quote, wrong, and people are judging you, and they don't know the whole situation, you know the entire situation better than them, and you may have good reason for doing what you did. And I look at relationships that when somebody does do something, we have to look at all of the factors involved. Now, this doesn't mean if you were cheated on that you somehow broke the contract. Because a lot of the times the contract isn't broken. Somebody just wants their cake and eat it too. Somebody just wants to do what they want to do, regardless of how you feel. In those cases, that's bad behavior. That's bad behavior. But in some cases, like this woman said, there can be those who have broken the relationship contract, and in this case, even breaking your spirit. And so I know I'm talking about infidelity, but this is about anything in any relationship. When there is some sort of relationship contract where the boundaries are supposed to be upheld and the boundaries are no longer upheld, A, I do think you should talk about it. I do think it should be brought up for conversation with the person that you're with so that you can maybe work things out or at least try to tell them what they did was wrong and maybe we need to go to counseling, maybe we need to talk about this further, but we need to resolve this. And B, if it can't be resolved, then what's your next step? Do you need to get out of the relationship? Do you have other options? And C, if you don't have any other options, and you're going insane, or you're getting abused, and you don't know how much more you can take, and you can see that the relationship contract has already been broken, then you may make another choice that some people won't agree with. Some people will see as a bad choice, yet they don't know your circumstances. Some people don't know what you've been through and what you're going through, and sometimes you have to make choices that are unpopular but life-saving. You know what? It may not be actually saving your life, but maybe it is. Maybe the mental and emotional harm that's being put on you is leading to so many physical stresses and ailments and diseases that doing something else with your life saves you in that way. So I've covered all kinds of aspects today. This is definitely a self-help episode because you could go in any single direction with anything I said today but I want you to do so with care. I want you to think things through and have conversations, if you can, with the people in your life. Try to express, try to let them know what they are doing wrong or doing right or are hurtful or whatever you're experiencing so that you can get it out of your system and give it a chance. I like to look at it as exhausting all resources before I have to make the big decision. Just like if my girlfriend said, you know what, I'm going to start smoking cigars in the house. I might have to have a conversation with her and ask her, could you please not ever smoke cigars? (laughs) 
That's a little judgmental because now I'm telling her what to do, even if she wants to go out to a bar and smoke cigars. But I would probably ask that. Could you please not smoke cigars? And she might say, well, I like smoking cigars. And then I might ask, okay, if you like smoking cigars, could you please not do it in the house? In fact, could you please do it 150 feet away from the house and make sure the wind is not coming in this direction? And she might say, okay, or she might say, no, I'm going to smoke in the house. And then the conversation would go further and we would have to get into a deeper conversation about my values and what I can tolerate and what I can stand And she may say, I don't care what you can tolerate or stand. This is what I want to do. This is what I love. And then I would have to face my own judgments and come to a conclusion about whether I can accept this behavior or not. And if I can't, maybe I'll do some research and find out how bad cigars are for you. I'm going to exhaust all my resources. I'm going to talk through it as much as I can. And if I get stopped at every avenue while discussing this with her, then I will have exhausted all my resources so that I can make the next right decision for me. Does that mean the relationship boundaries are broken because she did this? Not necessarily. This might be a minor example of kind of working something out, compromising. But maybe a personal boundary was broken and I need to make a decision and that might take me away from the relationship and away from her, which brings me to the point of exhausting every avenue, every resource before I make that big decision so that I know I've tried everything I can to make it work out. And if it doesn't, then the decision will be made based on that. So that's what I mean, just exhausting all your resources, doing everything you can to work things out, to let the other person know how you feel, to express all this stuff. And if it still doesn't work out, then you might have to make a bigger decision. And this final part isn't necessarily about breaking relationship boundaries, But it certainly can be because even when the relationship boundaries are broken, you still may want to work things out. You still may see that there could be hope to reach some sort of agreement or compromise to bring balance into the relationship and hopefully not do it in a way that might further break the relationship boundaries. But again, this is your path, your journey, your decision, and I just want to help you get there with all the tools and resources that you need so that you can exhaust every path before you make that big decision. I want to thank you so much for joining me today and I hope I didn't push anyone's buttons, but I think uh, all of this stuff is good to talk about. Put it on the table, just get it out there and see where it goes. And I hope you got something from today. I appreciate you. We'll be right back and I'll say my thank yous and my goodbyes right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to remind you to go to BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com forward slash brain and check out their online counseling options. Get 10% off your first month today. And I want to thank the patrons of the week. These are the financial backers, supporters of the show. It's Crystal, Andrea, Christy, and another Christy spelled differently, K-R instead of C-H. Thank you so much. And Leela, Leela, you just joined... Thank you so much for joining and supporting the show. And I hope you're getting some value from the patron site. And Callie, six months you've been here, Callie. Wow. And Henry, I know you, Henry. Thank you so much. And Larita, I know you as well. I appreciate all of your support. Anyone that joins the patron program helps to financially back the show, uh, which you know goes toward everything. <laughs> the money pays for everything. So this is what we need to do and continue doing to make sure this show gets on the air and gets out to you. And I appreciate all the patrons. And if I haven't mentioned your name yet and you are a patron, you will be mentioned one of these weeks, I promise. And I appreciate everyone that listens to the show, leaves reviews for the show, uh, uses the Amazon button at the website to support the show. I never really mentioned that, but people have been writing into me and asking me how else they can support the show. And that is another way to do it as well if you don't want to do a monthly donation or a one-time donation over at the patron site. And if you do value the show and you want to give back, you can do so at Get This. This is a new website. I haven't said it on the air before. It's called moretob.com. 
It used to be patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. I don't even think I'd want to type that in <laughs> to help support the show. But if you want to help support the show, you can go over to more TOB, the overwhelmed brain, more TOB.com, and you will be directed to the patron site, and that's where you can give back. And of course, I give back to you as well. There's private episodes, private workbooks, and um, some addendums to the show and a video archive, all kinds of things over there. Head over there if you want to check it out, moretob.com. And again, thank you, patron members. And I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, Love and Abuse is the podcast that I created back in February 2019 because I was getting so many requests, so many relationship requests especially, but uh, just questions about people's partners and their friends and their family about how to get along with them, how to communicate with them, because it seemed that no matter what they said or did in the relationship, it wasn't good enough. It was wrong. It was something that it would lead to a fight or they would leave every conversation feeling bad or guilty and they could not figure out how to get through to these people. That's what I talk about over at Love and Abuse. It's about toxic communication and poisonous behavior that shouldn't be in our relationships but often is and how do we deal with it what is it about where does it come from what can we do about it so check it out over at loveandabuse.com if you are dealing with anything like that and finally i'd like to thank kevin mcleod of incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain and today i talked about some touchy subjects you know I wrote the article, like I said, on surviving infidelity or healing from infidelity at theoverwhelmedbrain.com. And when I talk about people who betray their partner who loves them, it can feel like emotional murder. It's a dramatic term, but it can feel that way. I talked to a psychologist once uh, when I was doing my hypnosis practice, we shared offices and I asked her what the most painful or hardest emotional thing that she had to deal with with her clients. And she said, aside from losing a child, which we know is awful, it was infidelity. And I thought, wow, of all the people that she sees, the pain is that great. That awful feeling of betrayal when someone that you put all your love and hope and trust and can feel the most safe with betrays you can feel like emotional murder. I mean, that's my term. Maybe you don't agree with it. Maybe you do. But in a somewhat normal relationship where there isn't abuse, like I was talking about earlier, where both of you are trying to stay within the relationship boundaries, I think when somebody goes outside those boundaries and does such a big betrayal, it's going to be devastating. And this is why I find it so important that you think about the relationship contract in the sense that if you want to do something outside the contract, I think it's better to break up or separate before you do something outside the contract. Because once you introduce an element that breaks the contract, what do you have for a foundation at that point? And again, you know, I'm, I'm hearing this in my head. I know this person that wrote to me, it, she went outside the marriage because she was being abused. I get that. There are circumstances where that can happen, where you are stuck in a situation, you're isolated, you're being abused, or you're just being mistreated or disrespected so badly when they've already broke the contract, there's not much of it left. It's just in pieces on the ground. And when that happens, there's not much of any type of anything left. It's not even a relationship anymore because the contract that defines the relationship doesn't exist. So I understand there are circumstances like that and that there are people out there that are in those situations. It's a very difficult topic to address without ticking someone off, <laughs> making someone upset, saying you should never, ever go outside the contract. Even if they go outside the contract, you shouldn't be that person. I hear you and I sympathize and I understand that. And personally, my personal values agree with that. But I can't push my personal values onto you 
because your choices have to do with your circumstances in the context of whatever you're dealing with and you need to deal with whatever happens when you do behavior that might be considered a relationship boundary or contract violation. So if you want to do something outside what was essentially agreed upon in the beginning, then you have to realize there probably will be consequences. And because of that, this is why I almost always recommend that if you're going to go outside any type of relationship contract, that foundation that you created from the beginning, then it's better to not be bound by the contract, which is why I recommend separation when you want to explore things outside the contract. That's my recommendation. You can choose to follow that or not, and you will have circumstances that come up that maybe change those things. I can't possibly address every single circumstance that is, but that's why you're empowered to make the choices that are right for you. I create this show to help you make the right choices. I don't create this show to tell you what those choices are. I can tell you my perception. I can tell you what will probably happen if you make certain choices. And I, of course, have my own personal views where if somebody came up to me and said, you know, uh, your girlfriend cheated on you, I would probably feel devastated. But if they said, you know, you were really horrible to her, you abused her, you were doing terrible things to her, then I should be the one that says, well, then I probably deserved it. But if I'm that type of guy, I'm probably not going to say that. I'm probably going to just be angry. How dare she do something? I should be allowed to do everything that's wrong. She shouldn't be allowed to do anything that's wrong. Now we're talking a real unhealthy relationship because one person shouldn't be allowed to break the boundaries and the other person can't be allowed to do the same thing. It reminds me of what my girlfriend said. I don't know if she wants me to say this or not. But <laughs> she said when she was married and she found out that her husband was cheating, that she probably, if she was in a different state of mind, she probably might have been okay with it if she decided that she was going to do the same thing and they agreed upon it. Meaning she might say to him, hey, look, I know you're cheating and because you're cheating, then I have the right to cheat too. So why don't we just live together and we'll both go do our own thing and then we'll come back and just, you know, take care of our house and take care of our kid and uh, we'll just have that kind of relationship. She said she thought about that after. I don't think she would have done that, but she looked back at that situation and told herself, well, maybe, maybe I should have done that because he was doing it. And so I get that. And yes, that's what I was saying earlier is that if you have an agreement and there's no hiding behind each other's backs, then that type of situation can work. But it involves really being honest with each other. If you're not honest, then something like that, it would be very difficult for it to work. And I'm not saying that one person is allowed to be abusive to make that balance. I'm just saying that when both people can talk to each other and have a conversation about it, that maybe it can work out. For me, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I have a feeling most of this audience couldn't do it, meaning they probably appreciate the relationship contract and it's so much easier to have trust, to feel safe, to know that your partner will not do certain things and will do other things because there's a high level of respect and care and support for each other. So hopefully one partner doesn't throw that out the window and then start doing other things outside the contract because then that ruins the relationship and then what do you have left over? It's just hard to pick up all the pieces after that and you know what happens. Everything becomes just a crazy emotional mess. I like to avoid the emotional messes and I hope you do too. And again, I hope this episode didn't trigger you and I do hope it was helpful. And if it wasn't, then let me just ask you to keep an open mind because this helps you step into your power. And when you're empowered, it will help you be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing.